Hey, what's up, Jeff? What's going on, dude? Oh, nothing. You know, just sitting here. I'm chilling, dude. I'm, uh... Chilling on a Friday night. I'm chilling on a Friday, man. I'm, I'm feeling loose. I'm off my meds. No, I'm Hell just yeah. kidding. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. There's no meds. Um, I was going to say, I wasn't aware of meds. <laughs> I'm not big into the meds. Um, but yeah. I'm chilling, man. Uh, what's going on in Colorado? Uh, thunderstorm rolled roll through a couple hours ago. Oh. That, uh, that thick movie rain where you can see it from a distance. Oh, yeah. That's badass. It was, it was very, very calming, though. We... So I, I took a 30-minute cat nap after cleaning, cleaning the old bog that Jay gave me. Took a couple <laughs> totes off that and took a little cat nap before this podcast. Hell, yeah. That sounds nice, man. It uh, was. We... Eric, you know what else is nice? What? It's 10.40 p.m. here, otherwise known as Ahoy. This is my special time. Oh, nice. That's perfect, man. What timing we have. I know. And that's, so to- that's totally by chance. Ahoy. Ahoy. Anytime you see 10.40, just tell your friends Ahoy. And explain why that is. It's just 10.40 read upside down, like on a digital clock. If you, if you like, see it, like, in your car, microwave, stovetop, those kind of clocks. Yeah. And growing up in my Digitals. teenage years, I used to be driving around to 10.40, I guess, a lot. Because every time I looked at my clock, I swear to God, for, like, a couple months straight, I just saw 10.40 every single time. <laughs> oh, so, I'd always, I'd be driving around and, you know, just start saying ahoy. Ahoy! Yeah, well, ahoy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we do we have we have a uh, a boom a boom DDT dollar bin. Do we not? We sure do, Eric. Excellent. Uh, we we're going to be doing that. Let's get through the wrestling, the money in the bank, and then we'll 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 get to Borg segment with uh, maximum conviction. Featuring Steven Seagal and uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. A couple of Steves chopping it up. Oh, man. Chop it up, yeah. Chop it up with a couple of Steves. What else, Jeff? Is that all we got? All right. Thanks, everybody, uh, for tuning into the Boom DDT podcast. That's all we got. No, I, I just got done with one of those, uh, have you done a, uh, Zoom trivia call yet, Jeff? No, I only did one Zoom and it's for, uh, Mother's Day. It was a family Zoom. It oh, was chaotic. Man. Oh, I'm sure it was. Did, did, uh, Jim and Nance have a hard time figuring it out? Well, I don't know if their mics were too close or what. They, they were on two, one was on the laptop and one was on, uh, the phone. And, uh, you couldn't hear jim on the laptop and also nancy basically had to translate everything well hold on were they sitting next to each other they weren't first we got some feedback that they moved rooms but i think it was just because uh we didn't know where the speaker was on the laptop but it wasn't picking it up it was in an echoey room well you know who else has had problems with that jeff who's that the Boom DDT podcast, because we have several times accidentally recorded on the wrong mic. But I mean, I'll, I'll have you know that we are on the correct mic. 
this, this is good news. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna go ahead and give myself a round of applause. But no, explain to the uh, Zoom trivia to me, Sauce. Uh, so basically, you just have a host, um, and this guy, whoever the host is, really got to be a Zoom whiz, if you will. Uh, cause it's a, it seems to be a little bit tricky, but it works out nice. So you basically say there was, you know, tonight there was probably 16 people on the call. Oh, mercy. Oh, there, I've seen bigger and it gets really annoying. So this, I was actually pretty happy with this. But, um, so you have like your host and then, you know, you're 16 or so, whatever else. And, uh, you have teams and basically what happens is he reads the question and then he um, has the different teams during these breakout rooms. So when he hits a button, it'll take you to just your team and then you discuss the answer and then you... Oh, weird. Yeah, and then, and then you uh, submit your answer to the host and then your breakout room goes back to the Zoom party and then you just have your time of... Um, you know, the host recording answers or whatever, and then asking the next question, and blah, and that's the basic format, obviously you can do it however you want to, but that's pretty much how it works. Now, how long do you have to discuss with your team? He, I'm sure you can change it, but he was doing two minutes, which I thought was good. Yeah, because you need a solid five to ten seconds just to get through everyone yelling as soon as you start the time. I got this one! It's yeah. blood. No, 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 shut up. Yeah, definitely. you're wrong. Yeah, shut up, because you don't want to say the answer when you're still in the group mode, obviously. Oh, like, I'm sure people did that, too. Oh, yeah. Well, another, <laughs> another hang-up you have is, like, or at least how he was doing it was, like, you have to mess, you have to chat, you have to message the host privately, uh, your answer, obviously, but it's very easily it's very easy to accidentally post your answer to the entire group, <laughs> and that happens very often. Oh God! And and a lot, as, a lot of freebies, huh? Oh yeah, and as the night goes on, people start doing it more because they're getting a little loose. Yeah, a little saucy. Yeah, <laughs> so it's it's kind of fun. It's kind of annoying. Like I don't know, Zoom sucks uh, generally. Big thumbs down for me. Yeah, but somehow it really took flight. I guess just because you can, uh, you can basically FaceTime with Android and iPhone people, regardless of your companies. Yeah, I mean it's cool, but looking at a, a laptop just blows. Yeah. So, but it, it was still pretty fun. It was entertaining. The the, the categories were good. Oh, this is a part of the story you, you might relate to, but uh, the fourth category was a category entirely about Colorado. Oh, man. Which he, the, the host knew that he blew it because he even mentioned that our team, because our team was me and Samantha and then Dusty and Melissa, uh, and they're from Kentucky, uh, for those of you who don't know my family. <laughs> which, which should be anybody listening, probably besides a few people. Um, so they're from Kentucky. We're from Illinois. We don't know shit about Colorado, and it was a bunch of stupid questions. Like, let's see if Jeff even knows these. A, a Colorado native himself. 
Uh, that's quite. Well, just play along. Okay. What uh, candy started in Golden, Colorado? Exactly. And then there was like that that answer's Jolly Rancher, by the way. And then there was oh, like Oh man, I feel like I've heard that. Is like what uh what town in Colorado or city was called the richest square foot in the world or something stupid? Give me a fucking break. It's a bunch of crappy tour it's like the things that the the jerk off that works the tour bus at the Coors beer tour would say, you know, and, and, no surprises there. and nobody fucking listens. <laughs> so I just dropped in a huge, uh, inner ring joke. But, uh, when we went on the Coors tour, uh, shit, this had to be some years ago. Cause I was still drinking. I was on the Coors tour, yeah. but when you first go on it, they pick you up from a parking lot, and ship your ass to the factory on a bus and they just give you like the history of uh golden colorado which is a small mountain town like in the foothills right outside denver uh anyway uh like in the first minute that we are on the tour uh i was with our, our buddy glenn and he, he when he comes out to colorado he gets high as a kite so he was high as a kite for this and he's just giggling in the back and he noticed uh like Two or three times after the tour guide would say a fun fact like, oh, Golden's the richest square mile in the state of Colorado or whatever bullshit fact you just said. <laughs> yeah. And he, he would cap it off by saying, eh, no surprises there. Yeah. <laughs> so then after every single fact that he gave on the five-minute tour ride, Glenn would just say under his breath, and eh, no surprises there. No. Nope. And eh, no surprises there. And the Jolly Rancher was created here in Golden, Colorado. No surprises <laughs> yeah, there. No surprises there. Yeah. So yeah, that's what we. That's what I've been doing, Jeff. And that's why I, moral of the story or end of that story is that's why we lost everything. We were like in third place the whole game, and we didn't get a damn question right in the Colorado round. Yeah. It was like what? And here's another one. What town in Colorado is? known worldwide for its sweet corn. Damn it, I just got this told to me yesterday at work. I do not know. <laughs> exactly. But they go ape shit over the sweet corn, apparently. Yeah. So, yeah. As an Illinois native who doesn't particularly like corn, I said, what the fuck's the big deal with you? You, watch, you, get, you get your little mountain corn, you think it's that damn special? Yeah. It's from the water, Jeff. The water runs the Rockies. Yeah, that, that's 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 the takeaway from the Colorado round: is water runs the Rockies. <laughs> that's right. And then uh, we got screwed. Like the last question was Jeopardy style, if you will. Like you could, or not Jeopardy style, but more uh, Final Jeopardy style, where nice. like, you know, like you can you can wager your points. So we wagered them all because we were, you know. We were right in that middle, middle of the pack. Or actually, we were tr- we were towards the bottom after the Colorado round, so we That's had right. we had to risk it all. So we risk it all. The category's music, and the question is, uh, uh, what Beatles 
hit was lasted longest on the charts with 19 weeks or something. And uh, I was just like, what the fuck? Like, I, I'm not a Beatles fan. But uh, we came up with Hey Jude, just pulled it out of our ass, and it was right. And That was, that was my initial guess, but I, I thought it was going to be something else. No, yeah, you're correct. Hey Jude. And... Uh, the guy did. The guy didn't um, add our points on. Like we should have had twenty eight points. We were at fourteen points and we bet them all, so we should have had twenty eight points. And he like fucked up and just kept us at fourteen. Wow, horse shit. Yeah, so like we wouldn't have won, but we shouldn't have gotten last place. We would have gotten fourth, I think. Yeah, uh, uh, what's the WCW ref? What the greasy WCW ref? Uh. What, Charles Robinson? Yeah, he had a Charlie Robinson type of scenario. Yeah. With the ref, he was trying to keep the keep you down. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's a Zoom call, brother. That still sounds like fun. It's more about, like, just having something to look forward to, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it, it would be fun. I wouldn't mind doing one with all our friends, actually. That might be cool. It, it, you just can't get a natural flow going. I mean... Eric, we've been doing this podcast two years, and I'm still stepping on your toes. And we've been friends for fucking 20-some-odd years. Well, we, for some reason, have never gone to a video call. No. Which is odd. Well, we did it once when I was recording on my end, but you were staring at my ceiling. That was the only thing we could do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is... A, it's, it's an odd choice that we've never gone to a video, but it's really an exercise in... Uh, you know, you're showing your cojones when you just go on straight audio. Yeah. Well, we're barebacking it for you. Yeah. You're welcome, listeners, and thank you for barebacking it with us. Yeah, thanks and you're welcome. <laughs> uh. In that order. <laughs> so, I think we need to get back to our, uh, what we were trying to do and go big picture and stop really breaking down the shows because they're just... You know they're you know they're not the best anymore, Jeff. You know what I mean? I know, Eric. In the words of Undertaker, uh, I keep trying to get away, and you keep wrangling me back in. So you you got to keep me on the straight and narrow, because I'll I'll keep diving into specific shit otherwise. <laughs> well, uh, we definitely I want to start off with Money in the Bank for sure, the ladder match. I think that's the best place to start. And I want to, we, me and Jeff are wondering um, where the fuck everybody, where all the women went. If you notice, only three made it to the rooftop. And I believe, yeah. who was it, Jeff? It was it Naya, Asuka, and who else? Shayna? No, Shayna didn't make it. That's why, that's why I was weirded out. I'm like, really? She's been doing all this trash talk and what? She got lost on the 10th floor? So who it was, was it? Um, Carmella, I want to say, was the third. Nope. Okay, then it was Lacey. Nope. I know for it was Lacey. I know for fact it wasn't Mella, because you know I've been I've been uh, high on Mella lately in a uh, Jerry the King Lawler type of scale. <laughs> Do you understand what I mean? I, I feel you. <laughs> so, I feel you. <laughs> so, I had my eye on her, and she was looking fabulous at Money in the Bank. And, uh... How did she go down? Oh, she got the she got the women's right to the throat in the hallway somewhere. 
Oh, that was the last you saw of her. And then Dana Brooke, uh, I went back and watched it so I could figure it out. Dana Brooke slipped on the on the freshly mopped floor. That's dangerous. Busted her head, yep. She was out. But I still, what happened to Shayna, do you recall? Not a clue. Last I remember seeing her was a food fight. Oh, and I lied. Mella didn't, Mella didn't go down then. She made it further. She went down with a power bomb from Naya through the uh, catering tables. Oh, so that that uh, that earlier reference was before the food fight. Yeah. Yep. Okay. But no, I don't know what happened to Shayna. Huh? That's annoying. Uh, but yeah, our one of our favorite parts was when. Uh, Speaking on the women's side, so they get to the top, and then Oscar goes for the uh, briefcase, and for some reason King Corbin didn't wasn't having it. No, I thought that was one of the funniest parts of the match. It's very strange. I was very confused by it. Yeah, there was he has two... no direct competition with her. King Corbin was on. He, Baron Corbin was on a whole other realm during this match. He's uh, he's having some sort of out of body experience. Yeah, he he killed two men. Yep, threw him off the roof. Yeah, double homicide. It was wild. <laughs> and that was before... Well, that was after he uh, tried to keep Asuka from getting the briefcase. And, like I say, him and Asuka have no direct competition. So that makes no sense. Yeah, there was two briefcases. Uh, the male side and the women's side. So there's no reason to stop any woman. The only thing you can think of is, like, he wanted the latter, but... They could have both used the ladder. I don't know. So, that was weird. Yeah, he threw Rey Mysterio and Aleister Black off the roof, which they did a good job of, like, the landing. Obviously, it was movie magic. You can't see him land, but you could hear him land. They did a little sound effect, like like a thud. And yeah, that guy was a thud, not a splat. Yeah, the thud was very quick, so it kind of... They basically, like... They more or less let you know, like, hey, he was thrown onto a secondary roof. Like, yeah. I, I don't think the idea was to make it seem like he threw them off the entire roof. You know. I mean, he threatened it. He had been threatening it for a couple weeks, so I'm glad he, he held up his, his end of the bargain. He really did. He, he showed his meatballs. He really did. What did um, you... What's the what, like? What's the most annoying part of the match for you? For me, it was uh, Dana and Stephanie. Oh, definitely by far. Yeah, you nailed it. Everybody was upset. Like Samantha didn't. We watched this together, and she didn't really care for the whole thing. And I was kind of on the fence towards, or at the beginning, I guess, a little bit on the fence. But after I warmed up to it, I actually really I ended up enjoying it. But yeah, that part was terrible. So. She, like, goes to take down a briefcase that's basically, like, a decoration in one of the, um, conference rooms. Yeah. And, uh, Stephanie shows up and's like, what are you doing? The briefcase is at the roof! And, uh, Stephanie is clearly not there. Like, it's just terrible. Like, she's just in a, a room with a white background, like, in L.A. or something. And she's, she's in her home. Yeah, she's not there. And I just don't understand why it looked so bad. Like, you think they could have done better. It was just god-awful. Like, first off, 
How am I like? I know, I know, I get it. I get it. This is for families and shit. But are you telling me even the kid is thinking that Dana, who knew this was coming and knew the stipulations that the shit was on the roof, is going to get distracted by a briefcase hanging in a conference room? Yeah. Like, come on, uh, Adam. Yeah. And that then, yeah, like you like you pointed out, Stephanie was clearly not there. Like the lighting was completely off. Uh, uh, I wish our our movie segment was right now if the Boom DDT dollar bin because Bert would not approve of this lighting. No, it's terrible, and it's not even something I would bitch about normally. Like I understand it's it's professional wrestling, but it was just such There's a terrible. That bad. Yeah, it, it looked like, it looked like a local commercial. Yeah, it looked like we made it or something. Exactly. Just that part. I mean, the rest of it was pretty, you know, what you'd expect, but... I, I, I was all in on the rest of it. Um, I, I, I want to make a, a gif of Otis basically having a seizure before he yells food fight, because that's probably the funniest part of the entire match. Yeah. Well, Andy, you can hear him, like, talking shit in the background before the bell rings, and it's like... It doesn't really make sense what he's saying, but it's just hilarious. He's like, you want a squat? I'll give you a squat. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, okay. No, uh, that's what I liked about, like, the men's side uh, when they were doing the entrances. Because how these entrances were set up, you just get, like, five seconds of each person's entrance music uh, as they, like, walk into frame. And on the women's side, they were in the front lobby, and they just kind of all lined up in a line like this is a beauty pageant or something not to use a sexist uh, type of connotation there yeah or on, on the men's side to continue the sexism they were in the weight room bro <laughs> yeah and they were, they were just as Donald Trump would say they were having locker room talk yeah surprised to grab him by the pussy line didn't get dropped <laughs> yeah. but anyway they were just talking shit to each other like you think I can squat like you said Otis like oh, do some squats yeah yeah he was talking about squats that's yeah I, I oh one thing I this is my big takeaway from the match uh why wasn't there any commentary I'm glad there wasn't because I love the music track okay I was thinking, like, so did Michael Cole and Byron Saxon fuck up the Last Man Standing Edge Orton match so bad that the WWE was like, we we can't commentary this shit. They're terrible. You mean Saxon and Phillips? Uh, was it Saxon and Phillips? I, I, was, I was wondering that because, thank God, thank God there was no commentary, and thank God uh, Saxon and Phillips weren't the one that were even introducing it to even threaten the fact that they could be commentating it. Yeah. But, um, no, this worked better out without, without commentary. What was your favorite, uh, cameo? I I wrote down the cameos. Um, Paul Heyman. Yeah, I agree. He, he, he was a man. He was the man by taking the initial. I, I I can't remember if it's a pie or what type of food item it was, but he took the initial splat from Otis throwing it at him, and Otis cocked that thing back like a quarterback, like he's John Elway. Yeah, 
Yeah. It's like Paul Amos' old ass just, he didn't flinch or nothing. He just stood there and took it. It was a. down and sop all over his shit. It was like a platter. Like, it wasn't anything specific. It was a platter of food. And there was, after Otis, I mean, Otis really uh, laid his shit in, as they say in the business. Yeah. And, uh, once, once the tray fell and everything fell. Fucking Paul Heyman's fat face just covered with rice sticking to his greasy cheeks. It was amazing. I thought, I agree, he had the best cameo. And, and even when they introduced him, like when they introduced that entire scene, it was just a close-up of Paul Heyman, you know, just wiggling his fingertips, looking at all the goodies in front of him. He's like a cartoon character. Yeah, Heyman was at catering, which is ironic, because there's no, there's, you know... Yeah, no employees to cater There's to. There's no employees to cater to, so it's just like Paul Heyman had catering for himself, which is funny. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a. I think I think that was favorite. that was probably the best one. Definitely, uh, Vince. Vince's part. Uh, I was like, uh, I don't know. I wish it would have been a little different, but I guess that's this is the new Vince, so I guess it makes sense. It's family friendly. I bet. I bet the kids liked it. Well, I mean that, and I, I guess it makes sense that, you know, we're not going to get the Vince of yesteryear because that was Mr. McMahon. You know, that's a character. Like, you know what I mean? The the character that was the nemesis of Austin. Yes. Like that's a. I guess that's a. You know, that's a different character. So it makes sense he's not like that. Uh, the only thing I really liked about it is how he sanitized his hands. Yeah. Like, the joke it's the joke itself was kind of corny, like you said, probably for a family type of thing, which is fine. But the way he actually physically sanitized his hands was so Vince. Oh yeah, and like to the casual viewer, they think, oh, it's 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 a COVID joke. That's funny. But no, it's not a COVID joke. Vince is just a sanitizer freak. Yeah, it's it's both. You know what I mean? It's a it is a COVID joke, but it's layered because he really is like that. Uh, so I thought that was pretty. Yeah, I thought it was okay. Now the lighting behind his office was really strange. Like he he, he looked ancient because he had one of those uh, really bright lights, like a artwork type of light, right on his face when he set out. Oh yeah. So he looked like a straight up dinosaur, but there wasn't any Triple H, which was surprising. No, no Triple H. I thought that was surprising. Um, We had Brother Love, Doink the Clown, and uh, there was a uh, Ron. Ron, uh, I texted you about him the other day. What Uh, was his name? John Laurinaitis. Laurinaitis, yeah. Yeah, he took the pie. And that was also a good pie shot. Not yeah. as good as Heyman's, but no. silver medal pie still, shot. Yeah, still good. So Asuka ends up winning, and then uh, Otis ends up winning on a little uh, classic ladder match finish where they fuck around and do these little tricks and skibbity doo dops that I'm not a big well, fan of. I don't want to say classic, but it's... it's I mean, it's classic lately. That's what I mean. I don't mean. I don't really mean classic. I meant like of late. This is how they like to do it. Yeah, really keep the suspense high. Like it's become like a football. 
Yeah. Like you have to get, you have to maintain control, two feet on the turf. That's why I don't like it. It's like how many bobbles do you get? Like it's a good that's a good point. It is like football now. Like if Otis would have just lateraled it off the roof and it landed on Rey Mysterio's chest, does that count? I don't know. Now Otis won this, Eric. What do you think of that? It's the only reason I think it's a bummer is because like he's he's gonna be a, he's gonna be a failure, right? I would think so. Yeah. It's rare. Um, it's rare, but it happens. It happened to Corbin. Yeah, but Corbin was already falling into his heel role. Like he's always been. He's been a lone wolf, Eric. Otis just got into a relationship. Andy's in a tag team that. Have they won the gold yet? No. Oh, they're 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 nipping at the heels of the <laughs> titles, Eric. I wish. Fucking Forgotten Sons are nipping more than they are. That's a good point. This is a shame. <clears throat> now, um I learned something about Otis on backstage that I watched earlier tonight. And it kind of ruined Otis in some regards to me would you like to hear it and uh, do you want to keep the mystique of Otis alive uh no I'll hear it when he when he came on WWE backstage uh Renee complimented uh the briefcase he's like oh yeah green and gold go back go I'm like and CM Punk was there and CM Punk had completely soured on the entire situation he's like wait a second you telling me you're a Packers fan? Because CM Punk's from Chicago. Of He's course. like, oh yeah, I'm Wisconsin boy. Oh my and god. CM that's... Punk just sound. I was like, I had such high expectations for this interview. I was all eager to meet you. And now it's all ruined. It's all ruined. <laughs> it really is. That sucks. But it makes total sense. Can't you see him? He, he, might, as well play, he might as well play fucking lineman for them. Don't, don't give the cheese dicks any ideas. I'm just saying, he's a classic Hammond Bean Boy up there, white guy with long red hair. Or reddish, <laughs> whatever. I, no, I know what you mean. But yeah, that, that, that took Otis's legacy down just to beg my eyes. Oh, yeah. It's not good, but I'm going to forgive it and move past it. Yeah. I'm moving gonna, on, moving on, I'm like, gonna forget it. I'm gonna try to. Try to repress that. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna shove it down and never speak of it again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I, I you didn't want to hear it. <laughs> we're holy shit, we're already at thirty one minutes, Jeff. Okay, well I mean we we talked about the main money in the bank match and that was basically all from money in the bank besides the Seth DMAC match that was any good. True, uh, which was excellent. We should say that that was an excellent match, and if that would have had a crowd, that could have been something really excellent. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, uh, there's yeah, like you said, there's not much to say about the match, but it was a great, it's an extremely well executed match. I never fell out of, uh, you know, you know, it's good when you don't stop paying attention. Yeah, the entire match, you're like, okay, are they gonna get over here? Yeah, it, it was it was well really well done. D Mac, 
I'm loving D-Mac as a, as a champ, by the way. Yeah, he, he's a good gold bear. He's and doing he's doing D-Mac great. 2020, I'd like to see who, who can stop him. Yeah. He's doing great. It was a great choice. It's a damn, a damn shame that he finally got his opportunity during this bullshit, because he would be... The crowd would love him, or they should. Who knows? The wrestling fans are annoying. So who knows what they're capable of. That's true. But he, I think he would be well-received. Absolutely. Well, that's really the only thing from the rest of the pay-per-view. It was, the, the pay-per-view was surprisingly short. Uh, less than two and a half hours, Eric. I know. And you know, I'm a... I'm a I'm a uh, supporter of a shorter pay-per-view. In this situation, I was because I was cooking a steak, money in the steak, that I had marinating all day, and I didn't get off work till midnight. God and damn. mistimed everything and took forever to get the grill up to temperature for the steak. So I didn't fire up uh, money in the steak till about 2 o'clock in the morning. Damn. How was it, though? Huh? How was the steak, though? Well, since the since the side dishes were all out of funk, uh, the rice was stone cold, stone cold rice. <laughs> but the steak itself was absolutely delicious. It's a New York strip, and I just marinated that sucker like for a solid day. Unintentionally, I was gonna have it Saturday night, but then I got caught up in some FaceTiming. Nice. Oh yeah, that sounds it's, delicious. It's delicious. It started off the pay per view in a in a great way. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so then we get to what? Monday Night Raw? Yeah, Monday Night Raw. Yep. And uh, uh, everybody had it spoiled, I'm sure. If you didn't watch Monday Night Raw live, you probably got the shit spoiled. <laughs> uh, that Becky Lynch is out pregnant, Jeff. That, that she is. Let's get let's give Becky a round of applause on expecting her yeah. firstborn. Here you go, Becky. Congrats, and Seth Rollins. Congrats. Absolutely. And uh, so, good. It was probably good for my sake that it, this was spoiled for me because the way she this was presented on Raw. Becky comes out with a Money in the Bank briefcase, and you're wondering why the fuck does Becky have the Money in the Bank briefcase that Asuka just won last night? Made no sense. Yeah. And then Becky got really emotional, and like from the way she was setting it up, it sounded like she was uh, like gonna be. Uh, what, what's the term uh, Edge had for uh, being medically unclear or whatever? Like yeah, yeah. basically long-term injury. Like you're not fit to wrestle anymore. I know, I was so, like, I tried to warn you about spoilers, because I was thinking how hilarious it's going to be, because I thought for sure you were going to think it was a retirement speech. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, I was. Yeah. And I could see that. When she leaned on the table and uh, started bringing on the tears, I was like, okay, yeah, we're, we're definitely working here. You know, at first, though, she sold it pretty good. It sounded kind of like it could be a retirement speech. Yeah. But then you can kind of no, see... Uh, uh, Steve, the door guy who did a, a, a co-hosting spot on this probably about 60 episodes back, 
texted me for the first time in months and spoiled it immediately, like in real time, Monday night when I was at work. It just said, Becky is pregnant. Damn, he was watching live? Yeah. That's intense, man. (laughs) (laughs) No, but, uh... So, she relinquishes the title, and basically how they explain it is, uh, you know, the women's Money in the Bank ladder match really wasn't for a contract, it was for the title, and, uh, so Asuka's your new champ. Yep. Which... I thought, like, if it's if you're going to give it to anybody and not have, like, a tournament or whatever, I thought it was pretty cool. I was, I was okay with it. With Oscar receiving it? Yeah. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've been harping Oscar's charisma for basically since this pandemic started. This is the best time for her to have a title. Get used to, like, being on that title platform while you don't have the racist fans going at you. Yeah, she's like this, this is perfect. Yeah, Oscar's gonna win over that uh, that fan base with her charisma alone. Yep, and yeah, you hit it right on the head. She's been thriving in the pandemic. It's this is a very fucking short list. Yeah, it's pretty much Oscar and uh, D Mac, and I'd even street go profits. street profits. Yep, and I'd even go Seth. Uh, his his character, I don't know if it's thriving, but it's it's pretty good. I mean, what he did on Monday on Raw was cool, I thought. I thought, I mean, the timing was hilarious. Uh, so, Seth, <laughs> Seth comes out with his hair, like, all crazy, and he's just, he's a dead, like, he's, uh, you know, he's out of his mind. He's he's lost his fucking mind because of uh, what D-Mac did to him at Money in the Bank, and... But visually, it looked like he was just, you know, out of sorts because he just found out that Becky was pregnant. Yeah, like his life was ruined because yeah. he was having a child. Yeah, because all the marks, all the nerds know that he's the dad, so the timing was hilarious. Well, no, I mean, this was in a tag team match. It was him and Buddy versus uh, Alistair and Ray. And. Uh, surviving they explained the uh that there's a second roof and then uh the interview got interrupted and uh ray said congratulations to seth which is breaking kayfabe neither of them like uh being attached in the storyline really even though they i mean cat's out of the bag yeah you let that one loose a year ago so now you're gonna have to deal with it yeah but um so Ray says congrats to Seth uh, from one father to another, and Seth just stonewalls him. Then goes out. Buddy's getting his ass kicked in the match, and Seth is just standing there on the ropes, like not engaged at all, just staring blankly. Like for ten minutes on end, he has not moved his head or blinked or anything. Yeah, it was hilarious to watch. It, I thought it was. And he played it off really well. He did. So he, he really did. So he's been. Then, he's been then he went ape shit. I see. I don't even remember my this raw for me. Like I watched it, but I was like, like after the Becky info, I was like, well, that's probably about all I need to watch. I mean, I knew that uh, 
there was going to be, like, I think, I think the reason I soured on it was because, like, the next thing I saw was another classic Angel Garza, Austin Theory. Like, they rolled out those guys again. I'm like, God damn it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're starting to get annoyed with them, aren't you? Well, it sucks, because I thought they were cool. They are cool. It's not their they fault. Are. Yeah, it's not their fault. It's really not. Uh, it's purely, they're all doing a good job. It's just, it's the situation, and it's the fact that, for some reason, I don't know why, but they're, they are the number, like, you, you get more of them than anybody in the pandemic. Yeah. I don't know why. But that's how it's going, and like I said, not their fault. It's a fucking badass faction, and uh, they all do a good job, but they need to ease it back. Yeah, yeah, a, put, put that shit on low, let it simmer. Yeah, that, that could be a, a good long-term faction. It's it's all believable. And, like, what's going on? Are they doing some kind of... Is there already a riff in the, in the group? I thought I saw that, but I was... Uh... I was sidetracked during this part of Raw as well. I know it started off with Garza and Tozawa and then somehow went into DMAC versus Andrade. And I couldn't tell you anything that happened in either match. I was distracted. Yeah, it's so, it's easy. Not to... the best information on the Boom DDT podcast on this <laughs> faction this week. Yeah, no. No. Uh, was, I, was there any other big ones? From Raw, any other stars? Am I forgetting something? Uh, Iconics made a return, Eric. Oh Be yes, your favorite women's tag team. You are correct, sir. Yes, you. Yeah, that's the, awesome. the Aussies are back. That's also. Uh, that's absolutely correct. I meant to mention that. I was glad to see him back. Um, also very high on my list on a Jerry the King Lawler scale. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was, I was thought that was excellent that they were back. Uh, what they end up doing? Oh, they had a match. Yeah, they came out during a moment of bliss and kind of talked shit to Bliss and Cross, and uh, ended up having a match with Bliss and Cross that they won in a dirty fashion. So you can see that tag team uh, title ship ruin already. Yeah. I, I, I don't mind the division. I wish there was a little more meat on the bone, you know? Yeah, this is essentially the entire division right here. Uh, well, yeah, now you now it is. I was going to say I was gonna say Kabuki, but they probably dissolved. Yeah, I'd assume with uh, Oscar being champ. Yeah, so they need something they else. Um... Australians are taking over Raw, Eric. I just realized this this week. You have, with the Iconics return, you also have Buddy Murphy. And I don't know if you've been getting this on the Hulu cut, but uh, Shane Thorne and Brandon Fink? Um, no. No? Oh, yes, I have. I know what you're talking about. They're in a match this week, a six-man tag uh, alongside MVP to take on R-Truth, Ricochet, and Alexander. But they, they seem to be having this low-card feud with Ricochet and Alexander. That, that's brewing. So are those guys on the main roster, or who are those guys? Uh, I want to say they're NXT or NXT UK guys, but, I mean, they're definitely Aussies. Okay. But, I mean, yeah, that's, that's five Australians. And, I mean, how many Australian wrestlers can you name? Because shit. 
Yeah, there's not 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 a lot. Uh, Sami Zayn had to, to relinquish his title, by the way, before we forget. Oh yes, Vince strong armed him, huh? Strong armed him. He COVID nineteen strong armed him. Basically, I mean, I have no idea, but from the outside looking in, it looks like he just basically said, "Oh, you don't want to come to work? All right, no more title." Yep. Which I, I is not a terrible thing. I can understand that. Uh, on both sides, you know what I mean. I can understand he wants to stay home if he's got some kind of issue or somebody in his family does or who knows. And then I can understand Vince saying, "Fuck that show must go on." So uh, they're gonna have some yeah. kind of stupid ass tournament on what SmackDown. Uh yeah, yeah. That's that's the news I heard tonight's episode of SmackDown. Okay. Um, yeah, I tend to side with Sammy on this one because, I mean, Vince, in the last couple of months to a year, has really not taken care of the IC title legacy-wise. Yeah. Like, he shifted it off to one side or another as need be. Oh, yeah. No, I, I hear you. So you're saying, like, it wasn't even a big deal anyway. Yeah, like... That, that was the initial reaction that I heard when you texted me this news. I'm like, well, I mean, that's bullshit. I mean, he had on Shinsuke for months, and Shinsuke was nowhere to be found. And that's not Shinsuke's fault. That's Vince's fault for not booking him on the airtime. Yeah, Shinsuke, they hit it with Shinsuke. They really did. I could see him getting another run, though, and a better run, because, like, like this is this is my larger point, that these... People with second language, with English as a second language, can really thrive without a without a crowd. And Shinsuke's been showing that same charisma, man. That's true. Uh, Braun Strowman actually remember he had the IC title for a second. Oh my God, he did. Yeah, he Shin or er, uh, Zayn won it off of him in yeah. that handicap match or whatever. Yes. Uh. So, and I like the new belt design too, so that's, I don't know, we'll see, I guess we'll see with the tournament if this pisses us off or not, but I agree it sucks that Sammy didn't get a run because he was going to be great, but it's a ready-made story when he does come back, you know? I never lost, where's my title? Oh yeah. You know? Now, Becky's got that same storyline, but Eric... This is my one question, because this is, seems uncertain from what I've seen. Is Becky coming back? Is that said so one way or the other? I think that was a total work. She like she she said like I don't know I don't know what the future holds, but I think that's trash. I think she's you know I think she likes she's a wrestler. I think there's no way she's done. That's my it'd be, it'd be, it'd be, it'd show the stone coldness in her to have a go out on top like that. Yeah, but I don't know. Stone like Stone Cold has had a long career before he blew up. That's true. And she very she, good point. She did, but not not nearly as long. Yeah, this would be like if Stone Cold left in ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah, or even earlier. Just he got injured and then came back. Yeah. So. No, I think that was I think that was part of the work, brother. I think. Okay. Uh, well, WWE backstage. I mean, they were talking 
off kayfabe and didn't mention one way or another, so I was starting to get a little nervous. I think if she's, like, gung-ho and absolutely wants to come back as fast as she could, she could be back for WrestleMania. Uh, I think if she wants to lay low for six months, maybe, you know, maybe it'll be longer than that, but... Uh, depending on what she wants to do, but no, I think she'll come back for sure. Baszler with the low blow. Did you catch that on Raw? No. She just basically talks shit, about, like the one person that talks shit about Becky becoming pregnant. Oh yeah, no, I remember that. I thought you meant a physical low blow, a vagina oh, punch. No. no, a mental low blow. Okay. No, I do remember that. What did she say? It's not like... Or no, she she said to Natty, it's not like you'll ever get pregnant. Uh, she said that to Natty, and that, that was the start of the Shayna versus Natty match, essentially. But um, she's basically saying that Becky's career was over, which kind of worked, just planted the seeds of my brain even further. Yeah, yeah. It's like, all these women want to say their career wasn't finished due to having a kid. Okay, you meatball. Calm down. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. Bullshit. People go back to, I mean, not every, like, just because you're a wrestler doesn't mean when you get pregnant you have to end your career. I mean, nobody else does. Exactly. You know, I mean, if you're an accountant or something, you'd go back to work eventually. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's just a matter of shaking off Rick Russ and getting reps. Yeah. Getting fucking clanging and banging, motherfucker. Hell yeah. Uh, so uh, we're already. One other thing from Raw, Eric. Okay. Did you see the, the, the hoops? Oh, yeah. We got to talk about that real quick. Yes, I did. What'd you think? I took stats on it, but it was segmented. I was expecting a full game. They did not give me a full game. No. But what did you think of overall? I liked it. Again, it's it's family friendly, but I mean, you, you you're getting to see Viking Raiders character, and it's I mean it's it's gimmicky, but I'm down with it. I thought it was not executed as well as it could have, but I lo- I like yeah yeah I like the idea though. Like I'm I'm all about <laughs> stuff that takes us out of the performance center. Uh, even yeah. if it's something silly like a basketball game, like I, I love the idea. I yeah, do... absolutely. So yeah, the execution could have been better. Yeah, so I'm not gonna trash it because I love the idea, but I mean, some of the jokes are really bad, and uh, but you know, I don't know. I don't know how that works. I don't know if they're the out fact there. that uh, Ivar could splash threes after they just got their ass whooped seventy-four to two in a game of street hoops. Yeah. I'd have been like, well, what do you mean you let us win? For what reason, you dickbag? Like, what are you talking about? You fucking yeah, lost. Yeah, you came out here to prove that you could do anything better than yeah. us, and you let us win? Yeah, and you well, I'd have been like, okay, well, you fucking lost. So you suck. <laughs> yeah, for real. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> if you wanted to not be a fucking uh, a douchebag, you would have played straight up. I think the worst joke of the segment, and this is no bashing the segment, because like I say, I enjoyed getting out of the performance center, and I enjoyed 
like anything comedic. Let's let's keep it lighthearted. It's a fucking pandemic. Yeah. But the worst joke was uh, I knew white men couldn't jump, but I'm not so sure about Vikings. Yeah. That's like one of those ones that Vince wrote and like they have to say it and it's just horrible. And they're like, why do I have to say this? Oh yeah, Angela Dawkins' arm was twisted on that one. You know, you know he didn't want to say that shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was oh, yeah. like white people are Vikings. Yeah. Yeah, I wish you would have said. I, I, I wish you would have said. I, I I I heard white man can't jump, but I know a fat fucker can't. <laughs> <laughs> Cause some boys, there's no way they're dunking. His fucking, no. his fat ass took off from like the free throw line and dunked. I'm like, okay. Unbelievable. Uh, we we are we got to get Bork on the line, Jeff. Yeah, we do. So let's. Call All right. Uh, you can you can keep the audience entertained by running through the Edge Norton main event. Do you remember that? Oh my god. Kinda. He like said he, he said like he came out and like acted like respectful. Orton did, and then he turned around and said like, "No, I you're fucked or something." Yeah, he <laughs> that's the long and short. Congratulate Edge, and then yeah, just said no. You you still a piece of shit, and the rivalry still on, and and basically just challenged him to match a backlash, which. Great fucking name, old school name. Let's keep it going. Yeah, yeah. Get Bork on the line. Let's talk about fucking maximum conviction. Hell yeah, let's keep it going with some maximum conviction. Steven Seagal. podcast for this week's edition of the Boom DDT Dollar Bin. Hey, hey you, boys. You're, dude, you're a magic man now? Magic movie man. I just threw that in there. Oh. I threw it on the fly. It sounds sexual. Now, I did do a magic summer camp. I wasn't a magic as a kid. Oh, man. <laughs> Bork, but you, I for, I, I've, I've, I've long since forgot the magic tricks. Are you going to grow your hair out or what? I think I might do it. There's, Bork posted some pictures on the gram of him in a, uh, uh, a wig, and I'm still swooning. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> if, you, if you like your 70s rocker, it was a metal guy. It was taking me back to a time. <laughs> oh, it was a good time. Um, so yeah, Bork, we're at, we're at about 55 minutes, and we're trying not to be gas bags. Uh, we, uh, we already failed, or at least I did. <laughs> we're, our new goal is not to be gas bags, so, um, 
but we got some time here to give this your review. It's it's uh, full the full stage. The stage is yours, Bork. This week's I had to rewatch this. This is like my third time rewatching it tonight. I'm almost through it again. I hate this movie. <laughs> but uh, this week's selection is <laughs> Maximum Conviction. <laughs> And uh, it stars Stone Cold Steve Austin and uh, <laughs> Steven Seagal, which is great. Couple of Steves, cutting it up. C- couple of Steves, but it's a bad movie. It's it's a classic, uh, like, video on demand, like, straight to DVD. Like, the plot is just, it's got three different stories. And they give you, like, 20 characters in the first 20 minutes, and... Then you just gotta watch these two old guys just fuck around in their action scenes and so give us yeah give us hilarity the, ensues. Give us the the plot rundown for the listeners. Oh yeah, quick one here is uh, when former uh, Black Ops operative Cross, who is Steven Seagal, and his partner Manning, which is Stone Cold, are assigned to decommission an old prison. Uh, they must oversee the arrival of two mysterious female prisoners. And uh, before long, an elite force of mercenaries assault the prison in search of the new arrivals. And uh, as the true identities of the women are revealed, Cross, Steven Seagal, realizes he's caught in the middle of something far bigger than he imagined. Hmm... And it's that, that's a stupid thing off IMDb, but like it's just a prison survival movie, and and just Steven Seagal and Stone Cold are badasses. Like they're in their classic survival mode where they're against all odds. And yeah. The bad guy, the bad guys think they got the upper hand, and then they're like, "Oh shit, we chew off more than we bit off more than we can chew with these guys." So what what is your favorite scene? Because I have mine in 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 mind here. Um, let me get a quick look because a lot of them, my favorite ones were Seagull. Like anytime he has to fight, he like kind of slap grabs you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know exactly and, what like, you mean. He's he's just got a weird technique. I'm trying um, to I'm trying to remember like. When Stagall rolls back up after he goes to the bar for some reason, and then he comes back, and uh, the guys are at the front gate, and he's like, they're like, they say something like, it's like, I'm gonna need to see some ID, and Stagall's like, okay, and then, and he just fucking <laughs> breaks their neck and punches them and elbow and all this dumb shit. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and they, he like, yeah, I, I forgot what his style is called, of fighting, his stupid style, but it looks even worse when he's like 60 now. I think but yeah, he, it's what? Jiu-Jitsu, I think. I thought it had like another weirder name, but it's like, yeah, using like the opponent's body momentum and just kind of throwing him around, but like, it looks horrible, like, Ugh. He just he's just like flipping people around and they're kind of like jumping with the flip and like. It's so bad. He doesn't, he, he doesn't look like a forceful guy. Like, it just looks like your grandpa is kind of, like, hitting you with his hands or something. <laughs> it really does. Oh. But uh, my favorite scene, I say, is uh, at a point the, the feds let out the prisoners because the feds are trying to get this information from this operative. 
and they're trying to kill this lady, but, like, they let out the prisoners, and these prisoners find Seagull and the two ladies, and they proposition to Seagull that, like, they give him one of the ladies, and, you know, he'll let him go, or they can give him the keys, and Seagull, they, they said, I forgot what they said, but they said, like, Seagull can fuck the ladies and give them the keys. Either way, they're going to kill him or something. But Seagull goes, I got a better idea, goes, why don't you fuck your mama and one of your pet poodles? And then, like, the oh. guy starts shooting at him, and then he turns to the woman, he's like, oh, they found the guns. And I was like, oh, this, this movie's so bad. Oh. Yeah. Jeff, do you have a favorite scene? Well, not so much this scene, because all the scenes were just flashlights in the hallways to me, because that's three-fourths of the movies. Yeah, and they... <laughs> The movie's yeah. only an hour and a half long, but they fit a lot of, like, action scenes into this, and it's really confusing, because Austin gets, like, two or three, where he's, like, hunting various black mask bad guys in, like, a kitchen, and, like, in a maintenance bay, and stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, I'd say my favorite thing about this movie, me and Eric were talking about Seagal before I even watched this movie and Eric was telling me like Seagal is one of those actors similar to Dog the Bounty Hunter that kind of changes his dialect into whoever he's talking to and he's been known to just change his dialect mid-conversation like switch between like Ebonics and Redneck and <laughs> like Dog the Bounty Hunter's case throws in some Hawaiian oh, yeah. Seagal's got like this Italian nature and in the uh, in like the opening ten minutes of this movie, there's a scene where he's him and Stone Cold are talking to the warden, I believe, out, outside daytime. Yeah. And like I can't remember what they're talking about, but Gall is just switching accents like a motherfucker in one <laughs> sentence. He's like, "You're telling me, brother, that I did Yeah. Any like any any. Any uh, curse words or, like, the word man or, like, things or brother, like, he will really just put a twang on those words. Uh. Yeah, exactly. And I was going to ask, because Eric said he didn't get through this movie after, like, trying to view it, like, eight times. I watched it, dude, I watched it so many times that they, they wouldn't let me watch it anymore. <laughs> there's there's uh, a, hidden, a hidden rule on Amazon Prime that... You cannot Seagal overload. Like it, Jesus, yeah. I tried to take a picture, but I was too lazy to get up from my bed. But I swear to God, it said, unavailable, go back. Like, it's like, no more, motherfucker. You, you have, go back and <laughs> rethink your decisions. <laughs> yeah, it just straight told me to fuck off. Uh, but, like, at the very end, like, he does this thing where he has the phone, and he's, like, telling him that he has the money that the CIA couldn't find, and he's talking to Stone Cold, and he goes, yeah, I got it all right, meow, and he says, like, meow, <laughs> instead, of, instead of here. I got it all right, meow. Dude. And he's, he's so stupid. He really but, is. Like, uh, and the way, I wanted to ask, like, did you see the way he was holding the gun? Oh, yeah. I love watching his, his gun technique. And his gun technique, I want to point out, like, is it normal for, like, gun shooters to be ambidextrous? Because, like, Seagull switches when he goes around a corner. He'll, like, be holding the gun straight forward and switch his hands. 
Yeah, it's terrible. And I'm like, you're not keeping, you're not keeping the gun against your body. You gotta like keep it straight. And I'm no soldier, Bork. I never served. Okay, but <laughs> I don't I, think any of us did. I, we did not. God but, bless the soldiers. But we are pro union. We are. So if all you, of us. Yeah, if you don't have a fucking, if you don't got your union card on you, suck my dick, brother. Take, <laughs> take your scab ass out of here. But, yeah. um, <laughs> but, uh, no, speaking of his, his, uh, his accent, my favorite part was like 10 minutes in, like right after that scene you were talking about, Jeff, he like goes into a cell to like fight a, a black dude that's like yep. took out a guy and he just starts talking so black. It's so funny. He's like, what's, yeah. what's wrong, brother? What's wrong? Like, he's, like, tries to get on his, like, you know what I mean? Like, he pulls the dog the bounty hunter. Where you, like, you, if you're talking to a Mexican, you talk Mexican. And if you're talking to a yeah. black, if you're talking to a black guy, you talk black. So you can, you know, you can relate. You get on their level. And then he just, like, he, he's like a little snake. He gets in there and then he reverses all the guy's moves and kicks this big black guy's ass. It's just, it's, dude, it was, it's a terrible movie. It really is. Like, I, I, my intrigue meter was not high. I was just there for Stone Cold. And here's, here's what I was trying to figure out. Was he the Pippin to uh, Seagal's Jordan in this flick? Yes, because they had a funny line where, like, Seagal is the CIA, like, operations expert. And, like, Manning, who is Stone Cold, is, like, his weapons his weapons expert, so he's like the bulldozer on the ground, and like you get him together, and like we got a hell of a coordinated attack coming against us. Mm. Like they're just the unstoppable team. Did of course, you, I kept thinking that I just kept loving like the idea of, and I think I mentioned this before, but the idea of of Steven Seagal like teaching Stone Cold how to act, like giving <sighs> giving him pointers in between scenes. That's what I kept thinking of the whole time. And so, yeah, and like, on this third viewing, like, noticing Seagull's acting techniques, it's like weird. Like, he'll do weird face, like, movements, and like, yeah, he laughs at weird points, and like, you know, talking like a talking like a blues musician and stuff like that, like... He's so... Yeah, it was... So, uh, what happens at the end? Spoiler alert... <laughs> Uh, this is a movie with, like, like a lot of these movies have come to be, uh, a lot of double crosses. So, uh, the lady lives to the end, the CIA operative who had the information stored in her body in a microchip. There's a lot in this movie. They, they lost me with that. That, that was the final straw for me. I'm like, what? You have information stored under this chick's breast? Come on now. Yeah, it, yeah, it's like a secret microchip, and like if the it senses like the electrical pulses in your body, like if you die, it wipes the intel or something. So they got to keep her alive. It's just you know, it's just a plot device, but but wow. uh, they uh, get her out of the prison, and uh, they save the day, and they get like two hundred million that like the double cross and like the feds and the bad guys were working together to like get this like black market money that was basically just free to grab 
and in the end, Seagull and Austin grab it. So, so they both survive. Not, not much of a, not much of a ending. No, nah, and then they say that they have some like operation in Mexico, so they don't they don't have a vacation for very long or something. And sequel, sequel <laughs> maybe. I, I doubt it. This is yeah. This is the start of Seagull's. Uh, I don't know what you would call his face, but when he gets that goatee, it's like a hairy donut or like a hairy bagel on his face. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, and the bulk and like the backwards cap with the sunglasses. He's got like ten movies where it's just all that. So not as good as uh, Hunt to Kill. Nah, I like Hunt to Kill better. I think it has better characters, and this one you're looking at. You're looking for like how how bad it's made and the edits and it was. Oh, I gotta mention one thing. There was a scene in uh, I think the garbage bay where they're facing off against the bad guys and Segal and his team are there and it's like a standoff and Segal's backing up and he says grenade but at the same time he falls. So I don't know if they edited that because he tripped or something, but he's like yelling grenade like as he falls backwards. <laughs> and it totally looks like an old man fall too. Like he yeah, just falls out of frame behind the truck because he's like trying to get behind it for cover, but it just it looks it looks so bad. <laughs> man, Steven Seagal. So do uh what's what's gonna be the next film, Bork? Do you have anything lined up? Uh I haven't really thought about it. I haven't really looked through the list yet. I didn't know if we want to go with a different wrestler or... Because uh, Stone Cold has a pretty impressive list. Oh, he's got a ton. Like we talked about last time, he's got straight to DVDs for days. Oh, yeah, but there's some others. Like, there's a couple more Triple H's. I think Edge has a movie. Kane has... I think, I, I think there's one with, like, Jamie Kennedy and Edge or something like that. Oh my god. Like a comedy or something. You're kidding. I gotta look into that. If that's true, that's what we should do. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll see if that's on the list. That'd be amazing. That'd All right. be... A quick side note, and a plug for the li- for the movie buffs out there. Uh, on Backstage side, I saw in the crawler that uh, there's a movie with Roman Reigns in it that's uh, going on Netflix this week. A comedy movie. With David Spade and I don't know who this actress is, but Laura Lapkins, Lapkus. The name sounds familiar, but yeah, I can't picture who she is. Uh, this is coming to Netflix. Yeah, I don't know if this is if Roman just has a cameo in it, but he's definitely in the movie. It's called The Wrong Missy. Yep, I saw this. I saw it, Jeff. I didn't see it, but I saw the trailer. It looks it looks terrible, but I bet you that's a cameo. Is that a cameo spot? Well, I bet you, if it's not a cameo, it's probably just a real small role. Because I saw. I was going to say, say Roman I have no main actor. No. Okay. I was going to say I have no idea what this movie's about, but I can tell you, like, it's probably going to be a scene where, like, the David Spade character has to go up against Roman Reigns in like a beach ball fight or something. You know, something oh stupid. Oh my god, that's probably that's probably exactly <laughs> like, what it is, Bork. I think or like he, a high school wrestling match where like the dads have to fight. I don't know. It's gonna be something stupid like that. You know, it's it's volleyball. I think you're right. I think it's beach volleyball. Because <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what the story is. So 
He uh, he went. He goes on a blind date with a girl, um, or no, he goes on a date with a girl, or he meets a girl named Misty or Missy or whatever, and uh, he really likes her and falls in love with her at first sight. Blah blah blah, and then he tries to text her, but what's he do? He accidentally texts a Missy from his past, a blind date Missy, that he had a terrible relationship with. So, I think he invites them both to the same vacation house or something. I don't know. It's it's some dumbass shit like that. Oh, and hilarity ensues. Hilarity ensues. <laughs> I, think, I think he ends up falling in love with the girl that he thought he hated, you know? Like that classic story. Yeah, like she wasn't right for me, but uh, she was there all along. Right? Right? He was chasing after this hot piece of ass trophy wife, but really... It was this the, turd I had laying around was just, just perfect fun. for me the whole time. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> so, I, I think you nailed it. I think when they're on vacation, he will have to face Roman Reigns in a, in a beach volleyball game. Do you think he'll be shirtless so they can get a laugh at David Spade? Be like, oh, look at him compared to Roman. Yeah, look at David He's Spade. He's so oiled, and look at that hair. Yeah, and then look at David Spade. He's fucking... David Spade. Five six, and he's got man titties. You know, tasty <laughs> Conan O'Brien skin too. Oh yeah, he his haircut was terrible in the trailer. Probably a wig. I think probably a wig. It probably was a wig. Is he bald? <laughs> he could be. Yeah. Hard I like time. to think that he was as bald as he was in Tommy Boy, like his character in Tommy Boy. Oh yeah, God, that's Just since since like '92. They they were a pretty good comedy duo, I guess. One of the best. Black Sheep. Okay. For another time. Yeah, for another time. All right, Borkley, got anything else for this? Uh, no. Watch it if you want to laugh. It's the goal. Otherwise, the action's eh. Yeah, it's not that good. If anything, watch it for the. Just just check out how Seagal talks. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Check out you know, how he talks. Talk like an old black man. Check <laughs> yeah. it out. Yeah. Watch him fight and all that shit. I mean, it's it is what he'll, it is. He'll grab your face with his big old grandpa hands and twist throw it. you on the ground. He'll throw <laughs> you on the ground. He'll twist you. Uh, all right. Well, thanks. Thanks for the uh, the boom DT dollar bin, Bert. Thank you. Do you boys want to give it a hot dog rating? Are we sticking with that? Oh yeah. I'm gonna. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's it's a five hot dog system. I think it was out of ten hot dogs. It okay. was out of ten. Scorpion King being ten out of ten hot dogs. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, I'll give it um two and a half two and a half dogs. Yeah, I was gonna keep it low. I was probably gonna say three dogs. Yeah. Uh, one dog. Damn. A brutal one dog. That's good, though. This is a poop movie. Like, it was fun, but it's poop. So, I mean, you want to give the listeners, like, something to look forward to. Like, there's going to be better stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to find better gems out there. Yeah, don't you worry. We're going to come back next time, hopefully with a Jamie Kennedy and the Edge uh, comedy. (laughs) (laughs) Just just saying it's hilarious. (laughs) I feel like that would be amazing. All right. Well, thanks. Right. Thanks for coming on, Bird. Thank you, boys. I'll catch you later. All right, later. Let's give a brother a round of applause. Yeah, let's give Bork a round of applause for another hell of a 
Boom DDT dollar bin breaking down maximum conviction. <sighs> All right, Jeff, you got anything else? Uh, before we get out of here, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the WWE's answer to The Last Dance, which is Undertaker's The Last Ride. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't, even, I didn't even get the parallel. That's hilarious. Parallel run at the same time. This is a five-part documentary being released every Sunday night, and they started last night after Money in the Bank. Coincidentally, as the last dance is winding down its own presentation. Yes. <clears throat> Did you get a chance to catch this yet or no? No. Tell me what you thought. So this is a look at Mark Calloway and basically talking about his career. And they have, he has a camera crew following for the first time ever between the uh, starting in WrestleMania 2016 or 17. Whichever the one where he has his match with Roman. Starting that WrestleMania to the present. He has okay. a camera crew following around. But similar to Jordan's last dance, there's some time flipping and flopping going on. So they're talking about his career and shit going back. They don't really go to like his childhood or anything like that. They just go to when he starts in WWE. So it's, it's back to 1990. Uh... He gets some behind-the-scenes looks, but this is still the same production team that, like, gives you your WWE 24s and those other, you know, uh, WWE Network documentaries. Yeah. So it, the production's not great, but... And it's not a total schlong suck for WWE. Like, you get peeks behind the curtains and shit, too. This is Mark Calloway, man. And... Let me tell you, Mark Calloway looks a lot older than The Undertaker does. Yeah. And he's seen some days. Yeah. He's seen some stuff. Oh, for sure. See, I was and thinking... His, his head's been scrambled a few times, so his speech isn't isn't the best. Oh, that's sad. It's, it's probably the sad thing. But, um... No, you get, you get raw, uncut Mark Calloway. And this first one kind of just glorified his career in a nutshell but I think they're gonna do some deep dives into some shit in these next couple episodes uh, next episode we're definitely gonna talk about some surgeries uh, if you're a squeamish motherfucker be careful because they do show quick clips of bone sawing and shit and there's parts of this first episode even that I couldn't watch yeah. I had to close my eyes yeah, I'm. I will actually. I'll watch this for sure. I just haven't found time yet, and we got a birthday party tomorrow for uh, my nephew. So. Uh, well, I mean, it's not going anywhere. No, so. of course not. Uh, ooh, you got plenty of time. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out, bro. Uh, I think I'd be okay with seeing old Mark. I don't like seeing old Undertaker, you know? Something about the character you don't want to see looking weak. Oh, yeah. You really get a glimpse in this first episode of what a perfectionist he is. Like, any time that we've talked about Undertaker, the same thoughts have probably run through his head about a million times, which we've stated before, but still. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah, I mean, it sucks, man. Getting old and trying to... Like, I can understand everything he's going through. Absolutely. But... 
<clears throat> like he's like we said, boneyard match fucking ruled. So hopefully he can find uh, a little bit of uh, you know he can do a, you know three or four or however you know whatever he can do more matches in that realm. <clears throat> or maybe he goes and does a real match with AJ next, or you know maybe maybe he is thinking about retiring soon. Who knows? Maybe the doc will give us a little insight into that. I think it will. Which I'd be cool with if he wants to finish on a real traditional match. Like it should be AJ. It, I mean, the doc tease like. I got to thinking, my perception was maybe he did hang it up with the Boneyard. Well, that'd be cool with me. Just because they, they give you a quick glimpse of like him saying, or someone saying, going out on top. I mean, it, it's a match people will remember. Absolutely. For sure. Like, as opposed to his other retirement attempts that you could, you know, just didn't, they fell flat and... I'm afraid uh, a real match would, but if anybody, if if you're gonna try it with anybody, it should be AJ for sure. They're not. The, the, uh, what makes me hard to believe that that was it is they keep, like they're not giving up this AJ storyline. He keeps, you know, they referenced it in the Money in the Bank ladder match. They referenced it on Raw. That's that's the very true. Yeah, AJ's still <laughs> hard on the feud, so. Yeah, so, it'll, it'll be a sequel. Yeah. So we'll see, but I, I like AJ as his opponent. It's a smart move. It's a, a small, sure. light guy, professional. It's a good yeah, deal. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good good choice. Uh, so yeah, I think that's it, Jeff. Uh, yeah, man. Till next week. Till next week. Um, I don't know. Nothing going on. Watch the fucking... Watch Maximum Conviction. Or don't. Yeah, you know? don't. I don't care. Don't don't watch it, motherfucker. Just watch <laughs> it. Just watch it and listen to Steven Skull talk like a black guy. It's hilarious. Watch it, man. <laughs> night, night. Night, night. But now I don't You're understand. Start calling it. Now I don't. Now I don't understand. Good. Huh? I said, okay. What can give you a competitive edge in today's red-hot housing market? Rocket can. That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out. Rocket technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers greater confidence in you. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information appraisal and title report. Call for cost information and conditions equal housing lender license in all 50 states and MLSConsumerAccess.org number 33.